Hi, I'm Stephanie Ricca, Editorial Director of Hotel News Now, here with STR's Isaac Colazzo and co-stars Jan Freitag, here for a very special bonus episode of Tell Me More, a hospitality data podcast. As you are listening to this, it's early January, the calendar flipped to a brand new year, and that means it's time to throw some predictions into the air, much like confetti at the dropping of the ball, and see if they stick. Hi, guys. Happy, Happy new, new Year. Year. Happy New Year, Steph. It's early January. Where does the hotel industry sit right now in terms of forecast and performance? Isaac, give us a quick roundup. Yeah, I think this is going to be, so let's start thinking of completely different, you know, completely different from last year. Last year, we said it was, you know, partly cloudy was our characterization uh, in terms of a weather sense. I think it's clearing skies now. And there are a couple of things you need to know. First of all, supply hit a trough last year in 2023 at 0.3% increase. So that was the trough. Now we begin to climb again. We think supply gains about 0.8% in 2024. But the thing that you really need to focus on is the demand side. So last year, even with the first quarter having the positive impact, the year-over-year -year comparisons to, uh, uh, I'm not, uh, oh, I can't think, uh, co not COVID, um, Omicron. God, I couldn't think of it. We already forgotten. It seemed it's only a year ago and already, or two years ago, I already forgotten the name of it. Last year, demand only grew by 0.9%. We think this year it grows to 1.8% year over year in 2024. But what's more important, the thing you need to focus on, that will be record demand. If our forecast comes to be, we will have sold more rooms in 2024 than ever before in history. So again, it's another demand year. So it's really something to start watching, you know, how does this all materialize? Now with the potential for rate cuts, you have essentially no forecast of a recession, but more of a uh, slowdown in a soft landing. So people should start feeling better about the economic conditions. So we think that will propel demand. Rates will also see now, come back to more of their normal levels because we also have less inflation forecasted in 2024. So we think rates come in at about 3% in 2024. All said, RevPAR will grow about 4.1%, which is a little lower than what we saw in 2023. But again, it's because, again, you're seeing the less ADR growth, and then you're also starting to see supply growth move upward. So now, again, it's a more, again, 4.1% is nothing to sneeze at and say, oh, that's not great. It's going to seem a little weaker versus what we've been through post-pandemic, but it's still very good RevPAR growth. Yeah, certainly healthy performance. On the supply side, I always want to remind our listeners that the long-run average, 30-year, 36-year average from STR is 2.1%. So 0 0.8 is still well yep. below that. We assume that there will be uh, continued higher interest rates for the beginning of the year but that then the Fed will start cutting and that will start new supply in earnest and the pipeline will accelerate. But of course, we won't see that overnight. That'll right. probably be a 2025, 2026 story. So, so far, the supply is not a real headwind and that I think is good news for the industry overall. Yeah, we won't even get to our, our uh, long-term average until most like 26 or 27 in terms of supply growth. So yes, we'll continue to have, that's a good tailwind for the industry. Let's unpack that demand a little bit. Last year, 2023, there were all sorts of waves of demand, leisure, business transient, 
group finally came back. Leisure, uh, U.S. outbound to Europe was a giant wild card that really exploded in summer of 2023 and beyond. What do you anticipate for leisure travel now in 2024? Both U.S. travelers traveling domestically and abroad and that new wild card of will the international inbound come back this year? It start. It is already starting to return. Obviously, it's still at a deficit versus pre-pandemic, but we expect that deficit to shrink in 2024. So we do expect international inbound to start increasing again, not to the levels we saw prior to the pandemic, but getting closer and closer to what it should be versus what it hasn't been over the last three years. So I think, yes, you will see that return. The outbound piece is also very interesting to me because we're still seeing strong outbound behavior uh, uh, for American travelers. Will that abate a bit in 2024? That one, again, that's again, it becomes a wild card. So I don't think it's going to be as strong as it was in 2022. Excuse me, 2023, I'm losing years now. But I don't expect it to be weak outbound, right? I don't expect it like no one's going to go out of town. So I think we're out of the country. So I actually expect it to be more getting closer to its equilibrium state as well versus the large influx or outflux of you have that's a word last year how about compared to let's remember the crazy summers of 21 to an extent and particularly 2022 when so much domestic travel leisure travel in the summer blew up hotels were understaffed it was really tough going from an operations standpoint do you anticipate that this year as perhaps that international wave comes in in the summer are hotels going to be ready for it? So the short answer, I think, is yes. Yeah, we continue yeah. to hire. Right. And the uh, employment numbers from the Bureau of Labor Statistics for accommodation sector, you know, continues to inch up more and more and more. I still think that we are going to be a net negative in terms of the, the comparison to 2019 numbers. So, yes, we will see more European travelers, more hopefully APAC travelers coming to the US, but it's not at the 2019 levels. I wonder if the American high-end traveler or just regular leisure traveler, you know, when you looked on Instagram, on your feed, on my feed, everybody was in Venice in 2023 and in Rome and in Greece. Will people say, oh, you know, I did that last year. This year, let me go back to Miami or Colorado or what have you. And will we see a slight bump this summer that um, sort of mitigates a little bit the, the easier comp? You know, yeah. from last year, the, the comps compared to, to 2024 are going to be somewhat easier. Will we see a, a, that sort of as a, as a tailwind? Question mark. Um, my understanding is I, I talked to a, a colleague the other week um, who has access to the Bloomberg terminal, and he said, oh, the projections are that the dollar is going to be a little bit weaker so that it's going to be a little bit cheaper for Europeans to come here. Right. Maybe that's going to help as well. And on the labor side, you know, among industries, the hotel industry is still the one that's in the most deficit, right? Even restaurants have recovered now faster than accommodations. But some of that, you know, as Jan pointed out, we may never see that employment levels because uh, hotels have adjusted to a new operation paradigm, right? So there were not cleaning rooms every day, which in some cases is actually better for the environment and things. So there's actually positive. The question to be interesting is as international travelers come back, and with these new operational efficiencies, whatever you want to call it, new processes, 
will that impact guest satisfaction versus, you know, because they're used to... Will we be telling that story again for a new traveler? For a new traveler, because the American traveler is already used to it, right? You're You're used to rooms. And in fact, many of us that have been in the industry forever, we've always... Uh, elected not to have our rooms cleaned daily, right? So all of us, again, well, most of us have been in the industry for years, but now, but most Americans did not. They wanted their rooms cleaned daily. Now you don't see that as much. And again, that's why I don't think we're going to see the labor piece improve significantly or go above 2019 anytime soon. When you want to research, dear listener, the international inbound and outbound interplay, there's actually a great website out there from the Department of Commerce. You have to just Google the TSA I-92 APIS dataset. And that gives you the international inbound and outbound, not just by country, but also by city pair. So you could look at how many people are flying from Tokyo into New York, how many people are flying from Boston to London. Super interesting data that we use, Isaac and I use in our respective work to look at the specific number of international inbound and outbound. And so that kind of gives the idea that what we do here, and I guess what Jan and I are always looking at is triangulating lots of data. So while we are creating forecasts that are macroeconomically based with economic inputs, those you also have to look at lots of other things that don't go into our forecast. And that's one of the pieces that you can't, you because there's, there's no predictions on that, right? You can't use it as an input unless there's a forecast for that indicator. And that one, there isn't a forecast per se, even though we there is a, a, something somewhat like it in tourism economics. But we also just looking at lots of things, but employment, uh, the BLS is a great site. Obviously, uh, Bureau of Economic Analysis has lots of great data. So that's where some of the things we're looking at as well. Jan, let's unpack business transient demand predictions for next year. As the clock ticks on, we see more and more return to office mandates. What do you see happen this year, 2024, for business transient travel? So I want to question that premise, right? I think there are headlines about Ah. people getting more into the office. I think the Castle data from late last year was sort of like, oh, on a peak night, not just week, but peak night, they're saying, oh, 60% compared to, you know, the full 2019 numbers. The There was a really interesting article on the Coastal News website from, I think, uh, Challenger Day and Christmas is the name of the company that did a survey and that asked, hey, when you're in the office, how often are you in the office? And it seems now fairly well established that the three two hybrid model, three days in the office, two days working from home, is sort of the new normal. And I really wonder, and this is me making a prediction here, I really wonder if in your mind you're working three two, will that impact travel behavior? And will you subconsciously also choose a three two travel week? meaning you won't be traveling Monday and Friday. And what that then could mean is that we see this high compression night, suddenly everybody's on the road Tuesday, Wednesday, plus you add to that group demand, and will we suddenly see pretty healthy ADR increases midweek, and not so much Monday, Tuesday, but it's really just this peak demand night on Wednesday, and it's gonna be really hard to get a room on that specific night, question mark. But that's what I'm looking at. And if I want to, if you ask me to make a prediction, I'm predicting a three-two travel week. I think that's spot on. And I think our listeners really need to think about forget RTO, return to office, forget all that. Look at the opportunity that the new workplace is bringing to us, to the industry, right? Not only is it that 
three to travel period, but you're also getting a lot more demand of training demand of teams needing to meet together. So you're going to see that's going to be continuing to 2024, 2025. So stop focusing on people returning to the office. That has that's different for the real estate sector. That's a different story. But for the hotel business, look at the opportunity that this new paradigm is giving you in terms of both rate and demand. And that translates very well into group demand. In October, we were on all the social media channels saying, hey, October 2023 room demand on the group side was higher than October 2019. And I continue to suggest that group is going to be very, very strong in 2024. Yes, all my meeting planner friends telling me the same thing, that they're fully booked for 2024 and that they can't find rooms, et cetera, et cetera, that it's very difficult for, especially for big, big shows. Yeah. And that they're not happy about the room rate. Right, exactly. Yeah. No one's happy. Yeah. Well, that's that's true. This year, 2024, you know, even last year, those corporate negotiated rates were still kind of hung over from some pre-pandemic and, and coming out. But now it's it's a new year. It's a new day for corporate negotiated rates. I find Agreed. that handshake between business transient, the three, two hybrid and group fascinating. I am really excited to see how that plays out this year. And when we talk in December, in 11 months from now, we'll see how that happened. Now let's talk about ADR. Rate has just been <laughs> unstoppable in many cases. Um for the last year, year and a half, what's your forecast for 2024 and rate? Again, rate, we're looking at about 3% growth, right? So coming in just a, a little bit, um, a little bit above the rate of inflation. I don't know what, no, yeah, it's a little bit above rate inflation. I think we're thinking 2.7, I think is the rate of inflation, if I remember correctly. So just slightly above, which is a good thing. Uh, and you're going to see, but, and it's going to be, I think rate growth drives the majority again of our growth in uh, RefPAR and looking by the chain scales. So again, it's driving uh, the 4.1%, 3% of that's coming from rate. So again, rate is going to be the primary driver of our industry going into 2024 or in 2024, not going into it, but in 2024. And then the segments that we'll see the best rate growth, we continue to view is upper upscale, upscale and upper mid-scale. And just keep in mind, upscale and upper mid-scale have been seeing demand above 2019 for basically all of 23. So we expect that. So there's a lot of demand. And what's important about understanding about upscale and upper mid-scale, those are really, really, really large segments, right? There are a lot of hotels in that, and they're seeing demand that's just, uh, again, above 2019. So that's why they're going to continue to see rate growth, et cetera. Yeah, when you listen to the earnings calls of the probably traded companies that are playing in that sector, they have very high hopes for government money finally right. trickling down into the economy, the CHIPS Act and others, and that that will drive demand to highway tertiary market locations, which are made up of upscale and upper mid-scale type but of But most importantly, we see the reversal of economy hotels, which have been dragging the industry. So as that money comes in for the infrastructure spending, we should see economy hotels also rebound, especially on the extended stay side, economy extended stay piece. Hotels. How did you know I was just about to ask about extended stay? <laughs> it's we, this. We felt it. We felt it over here. Oh, the, the mind vibe is going yeah. strong. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you to uh, comment a little bit about where you see hotel transaction trends heading this year. 
2023 was another slow year as that sort of wall of capital could not meet the perceived wall of distress that did not exist. Ergo, there was no giant explosion. I don't know what sort of metaphor I'm making here, but <laughs> knowing what we know and anticipate from larger economic trends this year around inflation, interest rate cuts, what do you think that's going to say for hotel transactions? As we record this, the Oxford Economics forecast for the first Fed rate cut is in September. According to, I had this conversation with, with a colleague who had access to Bloomberg, the market is pricing in the first cut in March. So there, and you know, that's probably more true. So as soon as you see rate cuts um, and, and there is history to look over that those rate cuts will come in rapid succession, I think we will see a lot of activity. I don't see it now, this first quarter, you know, but after that, we will suddenly see a lot of projects pencil. I think there will be people worrying that they're being left out, that they're not taking a part of the opportunity, that maybe even if it doesn't quite pencil, they're like, oh, we're on this glide path to lower interest rates. Let's just go for it. And I think this summer and then this fall, we'll see a lot of activity. Now, just here's thinking about another thing we can start thinking about and looking at. So we should, as corporate earnings come out in the uh, first quarter of next year for the full year, let's see what, you know, where they're at in terms of, you know, the earnings themselves and how if they beat their own forecast. Because the part that will also be a wild card for summer is how big will bonuses be? <laughs> so if, if, yeah. uh, if these companies beat their forecast, then their executives and their uh, VPs and above will get larger bonuses, which will then also fuel demand for our industry as well consumer as other Consumer spending, consumer right. confidence, right. all of those parts of the art that factor into the science. Right. Because again, just thinking about, you know, what happened in the stock market just uh, two weeks ago or a week ago, as the Fed announced their, that they were holding rates down and that they expect rate cuts. Now you saw the market hit all time highs, mm -hmm. right? So people are going to start feeling a heck of a lot better as their portfolios increase. And if their bonuses also increase, that's a great thing. How about one-off events uh, that are kind of looming on the horizon for this year? We have a presidential election uh, later this year. We may have a combined choice in Wyndham, though I should say that at press time, recording time for this podcast in mid-December, that process was still playing out. There I know is a, a black swan is something that can't be predicted, but... I think you guys could, if anybody could, there's, you too. Yeah, um, there's lots of things out there, but one of the things that was interesting that I saw on The Economist, which came out about a, a little less than a month ago, was I, this will be the largest a year with the most elections worldwide ever. I don't know how ever, I don't know how far back they went, but they did this analysis that said that almost every major country is having an election. Some are predetermined already, even though it's an election, others are not like the U.S. But it is interesting to know that the, the world is going through lots of changes as well, both politically and then, of course, socially. Right. So I think those are things to watch, see what happens with those elections. What does it does it change the political order or, you know, however you want to think about it of countries and what does that mean for our industry? The black swan events, obviously, we still don't know where the uh, the war in the Middle East goes, you know, how will that be solved? How, you know, how will that be solved? And hopefully 
piece there as well. And of course, Ukraine continues. And there was a lot of rhetoric this morning on the news about that. The other thing we think about, we also have major sporting events, right? Don't we have the Olympics next year, right? Is that or this year? I keep saying next year because yes. you know it's too close to now the in change. 2024. Right. So it, in this year, we are now in 2024. I keep forgetting about that. But yeah, my checks still say 2023, and some say 2022. I'm sorry, but um, that's only to yawn. Um, that's so <laughs> and um, but again, yeah, you have major sporting events coming back. How does that with this? You know, with the uncertainty that's still the political uncertainty around the world and increased fear of, you know, other events. How does that going to affect the Olympics? Will they be fine? Or people go back and do the Olympic things they always do? That's a, that's a to me an interesting thing to watch. Juxtaposed with this new, dare I say, rediscovered joy people found in experiential travel and traveling wherever they would like to for whether it be concert, sporting event, and so on. Most importantly, Germany is hosting UEFA Euro 2024, June 14 through July 14, and I cannot wait. <laughs> Save and the date. Save the date. Yep, great. I also think you're right. I think you said something again. We're talking about a new paradigm in uh, trans business transient, and I just keep reminding there's a new paradigm also in terms of leisure travel, and that's the event thing. I don't think that goes away. We saw it with Taylor Swift in 2023. I think that continues. In fact, there are music festivals, all that kind of stuff will continue to draw lots of individuals, and I think people want that. People want those experiences. As Ed Bastian, of CEO Delta, said, it's the experience economy, and that is not going away, and that will continue driving leisure travel. What else? is on the horizon what whether it be something that may be worrying you for 2024 or a ray of optimism or hope that we haven't talked about i'm very curious if there's going to be gaming in new york city and what that looks like what those casinos look like will there be a times square casino <laughs> with you know uh you may with you a may be account. speaking it into existence <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, that'd be interesting. That uh, to me, that would be interesting. But you know, I don't think it takes away from Las Vegas at all. New York, I mean, because Las Vegas, uh, New York has so many other drivers. This would just be another added thing. And so, yes, it it'll be nice for people who like to do that. But I think you know, it doesn't hurt Vegas in my mind at this. Gaming point. in the UAE is also yeah. on the horizon. So legal gaming. So yeah. yeah. Um, I think visa wait, time, visa wait times, you know, we will continue to talk about it. The head of the HLA uh, chip continues to to talk about it and, and take the State Department to task. I think this is a super important issue. If you want the international inbound visa wait times just have to come down. Well, all, in anything, including getting your passport renewed. OK, so that's the visa side coming in. But even for us going out, they you get notes that say it takes much longer to get your passports renewed, even for um um, not the pre-check, but the uh, global entry. Global entry. I got my notice already that uh, you know, sign up now because it's going to take you longer to get that renewed. So that's an issue because that will affect some demand because you, you forget, oh, I need my passport. And then you can't well, get it. Here's a conspiracy theory. Let's just keep the Americans here. <laughs> oh, so, so you're doing that. <laughs> ah, it's yawn. Okay, now I understand. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode on conspiracy theories for the global hotel industry in 2024. But I think that's a great note to end on. And of course, we will be here throughout the remainder of the year 
to see and watch all of these predictions and forecasts hopefully come true and more good things on the way. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me and I wish you peace in 2024. Have a great year. Have a great year, everyone. I'm Devon Reed. I'm Omari Head. And I'm Chris Henry. We're the hosts of the Next Gen and Lodging podcast on the Hotel News Now podcast network. It's a monthly show in which we interview a new generation of hoteliers to get their insights into a variety of disciplines and topics from finance to food and beverage and hotel operations. Listen to us on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This bonus episode of Tell Me More, a Hospitality Data Podcast, was recorded on December 14, 2023. The episode was edited and mixed by Brian Roten. Find and subscribe to this and all of Hotel News Now's podcasts wherever you like to listen. And remember to find all the industry news you need at hotelnewsnow.com. Thanks for listening.